everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Your Heart in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about basketball. Today, we got a uh, little bit of a short show for you. We're going to talk about some NBA draft things and, and news that's going on today. Um, Fortunately, I don't have my compadre here today, so I'll just be doing this solo. Uh, also, probably won't do a video for this one either. It'll just be an audio recording. Um, so with that, uh, we'd like to say a thank you to one of our new sponsors of the show, uh, Line and Kugels, the refreshingly bold, crisp beer company uh, you might see at your local grocery store with a variety of styles, uh, most importantly, their summertime shandy. It's a nice lemony light beer. Um, and one of their limited styles now, the Canoe Paddler, which is a Kolsch style beer. You can always get a refreshing adult beverage at your grocery store, thanks to Line and Kugels. So with that, let's just hop into some of the, the news topics I've seen around today that I just felt obligated to talk about before things got a little too crazy here. Um, So a couple, couple things um, to, to just pull out of the water. Um, a lot of Kawhi rumors going around. As as you can tell, the story is getting more and more dramatic with what's going on between him and Spurs and Coach Pop and R.C. Buford, and then what he's telling publicly, what they're not telling publicly, the doctors thing. It, it's you know, it's it's a crapshoot at this moment. And it seems like there's no the Lakers deal isn't gonna work out in any way, so and the Clippers deal isn't that much better, and then you've got the Celtics looming around that have a great deal, but you know, the Spurs have the ultimate jurisdiction on whether or not they want to trade him now or trade him, you know, maybe at the all star break or maybe trade him when the season's up and they get, you know, pennies on the dollar in return. So we, we talked about some destinations that would be smart or would be cool or would be, you know, maybe dumb for him to go to in our previous episodes. You can check those out. Um, also, some popular popular takes today is uh, Jimmy Butler stating that he was not a fan of Wiggins' work ethic and defense, which, of course, you know, being a Coach Tibbs team, that, that uh, Timberwolves are a little bit conspiring against Wiggins on the Jalen Jacoby show today Jalen put out the hot take that Wiggins or Towns might not be there coming training camp and even though Wiggins has this monster contract I would expect him not to be there and again we've talked about him recently on a podcast too places he could go places he might not go and all sorts of in-betweens um and then we have uh, an interesting aspect of of the somewhat related to the draft, and that is Puma is now trying to make a resurgence in the basketball world by uh, they've co-opted Jay Z as sort of their spokesperson, popular figure. He and the Puma crew have been going around to many draft picks, encouraging them to sign with Puma, and most notably. The pretty much unanimous number one pick, Aiton, 
to sign with Puma, as long as uh, a couple other, you know, mid to late first rounders. This will be very interesting to see. Um, I've always liked Puma as a casual shoe, and I never, you know, I wasn't around for when they were an NBA shoe. So I'll be interested to see what they pull out. Um, I know they've had some stylistic issues in the past, but there's, uh, I think Rihanna had some Puma shoes one year, and uh, in fact, recently they did the Sega crossover shoes with Sonic the Hedgehog and Robotnik. I got a pair of those uh, those bad guy shoes that are, should be coming in in this week, and I'm looking forward to those. So we've uh, we did a little bit of a draft introduction, I think, in one of our earliest episodes. But today I did a whole bunch of research, and I looked at a bunch of different mock drafts, and I kind of wanted to just get this out there before I saw potentially see Michaels in in the coming days and before any more rumors get out because all sorts of you know a team saying oh we're high on this guy or oh we're going to trade this guy or oh we don't think about this at all or you know you're going to hear 101 different rankings for players and each team's got its own ranking it's got its own big board uh but it seems like the media is starting to simmer down a little bit. Um, seems like, you know, compared to a month ago, there was this big 50-50 between Luca and Aiton. And now it seems like Aiton is pretty much a unanimous number one pick to Phoenix. However, Phoenix has dangled the option of that trade, possibly for with that number one pick for somebody, most likely a superstar or two. However... I think most people agree they're going to just draft Aiden with that number one pick. So a couple couple notes before I get right into who I picked where and sort of what these players are. Um, news today is that the Raptors have said they are willing to trade anybody to get into the top 10 of the draft, which means they must find somebody extremely crucial to the future of their franchise here i'm thinking they mean um thinking they mean probably bagley or maybe even porter jr or trey young and most likely it's going to come off of like a kyle lowry trade or maybe a valentunis trade People haven't been too hot on Kyle Lowry this year. Kind of crumbled in the playoffs yet again. Um, I saw a potential idea for a Lowry for Goran Dragic and Waiters. Interesting idea. I, if I'm Miami, I don't think I take that though, just because I, I, I'm I'm really losing faith in Lowry as as a personal person. Uh, another another news is a lot of teams are coming out saying they're very high on Trey Young, which is interesting because uh, roughly a week ago he was in the sort of 7 to 12 range in the draft, and he's kind of shot up the past few days to like a top, top 5, top 6 picks. You know, I'm hearing this from teams that would draft in that 
that range so like chicago orlando dallas um i think even cleveland has said they're very high on trey young so i'm i from my perspective i see this as a as a master bait or like a smokescreen of sorts to try and encourage other teams to draft trey young so that one of those other higher picks drops down a little bit and then somebody gets a steal i think that's what's going on here um there's a little bit of contention with the two Duke guys. So uh, Bagley and Carter, uh, AOC up on the ringer, put an article on about this, how Wendell Carter better than Bagley. And after reading that, uh, that piece and the nice comparisons they drew, I'm sort of leaning that way a little bit myself. I think Carter should, should be higher than where he's at. Um, on my draft, I have him at potentially seven. However, you know, over the course of this draft period, we've had this weird big man struggle between Aiton, Carter, Bagley, and even Bamba. So, and they all have these very minute differences to them that I guess can tell you where a team's head is at. So I'll be interested to see, you know, a couple more big boards on, on those big four. Uh, other news is Philly has also mentioned putting a package together with their 10 and 25 picks and maybe a player to get in the top five. So that would mean to me they're still trusting the process and they very much want somebody in that top five pick. So uh, maybe a big man to move Sarge potentially. You know, maybe they would get Bagley with that pick or maybe they'd even risk it and grab... Very young in the maybe seven, six or seven range to get a, a dip on Markel and grab Trey Young or maybe grab like Jaron Jackson, someone else to sort of pair with Ben that can shoot some jumpers and isn't good pick and roll player, isn't such a defensive liability. Another similar type rumor is the Clippers are willing, seems like they're willing to package DeAndre, 12th pick and or the 13th pick for pick five or higher and a star of some sort. Fortunately, I don't see how that works out too well. I think the Clippers are better off sticking with that 12 to 13, maybe trading DeAndre for like another pick somewhere in here. I think they should be in pretty much full rebuild mode, but they do have this interesting ability to just sort of, and Dallas has this ability too, to just uh, change this this course of their franchise from what everybody views as a rebuild mode to what could be, you know, second round of the playoff contention. I don't think they'll be Golden State with anything they could do this off season, but they could set some framework to maybe encourage, you know, a Kawhi or a Paul George or a LeBron to come over and then really set them up nicely. And of course, the Lakers say they want to package the 25th pick and, you know, potentially Kuzma, uh, maybe Ingram or, or a lot of their other assets to also move up in that top 10 range. So let's uh, let's talk about the big board I've seen recently. Uh, I'm going to run through this kind of fast, so uh, I'll go through maybe my top twenty picks I've seen, and sort of 
who their star counterpart could be sort of game like game style wise so for instance a lot of people are saying you know um what's a good example here a lot of people are saying uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander could be a Tyreek Evans. You know, he's a crafty playmaker, driver type, beefier guard, but it has some struggles shooting jumpers. Um, so we'll just hop right into it. So my big board right now, and uh, I'll spend some more time on these first ones, is Aiton at number one. And the best comparison I've seen to him is a more athletic version of Boogie Cousins. I think this holds up pretty decently. Um, I, I'm not trusting his jump shot yet and his craftiness because he's a little too athletic, I think, in relatively. And he's also very thin. Well, not thin, but I guess um, Boogie has a reputation of, I guess, being a little fat and slow. So. Uh, a little more agile and I, I can see this holding up uh, and his defense is questionable at times like boogie so, number two uh, Bagley a lot of people are saying he's was just related to a Kevin Garnett light and I can see this huge jumpers uh, similar body stature athletic um, not sure about his post up defense but he is a a good perimeter defender and i think he fit in nicely as that kg type player uh and then third got porter jr and i know he's got a lot of problems with his back and a hip issue coming up and a lot of teams are questioning that we'll see I was medicals clear out it kind of reminds me of almost dsj from last time around with you know he had that knee injury a lot of teams weren't confident on him so he might have slipped a little bit but uh, porter jr small forward uh, athletic you know a scores mentality a lot of people are seeing him as sort of a brandon ingram type but not not kd lanky a little stockier a little more Traditionally proportioned, I guess. Uh, up fourth, we have Jaron Jackson. And I haven't watched a ton of him, but the best comparison I've seen is a Miles Turner. Uh, a good rebounder, board crasher. Uh, pretty, pretty good on defense. Kind of all around okay on offense. Then five, uh, I've got Mo Bamba. He's interesting because uh, with these draft videos coming out about him and his workouts, he's been shooting threes and doing interesting footwork in the post. So a lot of people are saying he could be like a maybe a defensive-minded Embiid or potentially go bear with some offense. I like the go bear with some offense comparison. He's shown flashes of it, but he still is a little bit thin his size so i've got a feeling he's gonna get pushed around on the post kind of like eiffel tower did the first couple of years he was in but he'll beef up you know these kids are 19 20 so they have time to beef up still this is the best comparison i think i've seen and that is wendell carter to al horford 
Uh, again, I'm pretty high on this guy. He's a, he's pretty much your your big that you would want on any team. You know, he can defend posts, he can defend perimeter, he can pass, he can shoot. He's not the greatest at absolutely everything, but his total package is there for sure. And he was also kind of snubbed by some playing time issues. Uh, then we get into some more of the interesting picks. So Lonnie Walker is really high on this list, and I think that's more for upside rather than downside. So he's this kind of taller guard that I believe can be an offensive talent, much similar to Brandon Roy of days past. And hopefully those injuries don't pan out the same way, but he's got, he's got range, he's got driving, mid-range, kind of running offense on his own he's got that star potential next up we've got luca the european sensation and he's someone that's really fallen off a lot here the past oh i don't know maybe a week week and a half and i think people are starting to realize he isn't he might have all these great you know awards and accolades from europe however he hasn't shown the greatest defense. His the sort of like Harden comparison that he was getting is not very accurate at all. Really, he's not an ISO player. He's not like a, he's not just a go score you know forty points this game type guy. He's really more of a you know play within the flow type player. And so I've seen. I think this might be a little bit of a harsh comparison, but Ricky Rubio with maybe a little bit of offensive game attached to that. You know, Rubio's problem when he came in was he was a great offensive coordinator, but not a great offensive player himself, uh, minus his passing and his ball handling. Luca is good at passing and ball handling, but he kind of makes up for it with his offensive game. And his athleticism hopefully will get there. He's been playing, you know, at the highest European level for quite some time. And again, he's still young. He's got time to improve his athleticism. And then we have Kevin Knox. Um, very athletic wing. Potential 3 and D guy. So I would say he's much like a Paul George Light. I think... That would be a close comparison. Then we have Oklahoma's favorite, Trey Young. Trey, I feel like, you know, he was a very top high school prospect. That first half of the college season, he was, you know, on every headline, the next Steph Curry, all of this. And I think that's not an awful comparison. However, he's much more undersized than Curry is, and that's, very much a knock against him because already you know we see in these in these finals and playoffs that curry just gets abused all over the place and so i would like to say he is more of a steve nash type i think that's what he's gonna have to be it's a little more crafty a little more you know pass oriented yeah a little more offensive coordinator like um, but he does he does have that curry range which while Nash was an amazing three-point shooter and all that, uh, Curry range is just something of its own volition. And then we start getting into some players I'm not as familiar with. So uh, Michael Bridges is a lot like Otto Porter Jr. Again, not a player I'm 
a big fan of, mostly due to his way overpriced contract, sort of crippling that team. But, you know, a athletic, can shoot threes, can play D, kind of do it all type forward. Again, could pretty much go on any team. Uh, a pick that I think could be interesting is, I think it's J.R. Smith. Um, plays all, I've seen a comparison him to like John Starks. He's sort of this extremely defensive focused wing player, uh, small forward type. And while he doesn't have the same physical attributes as Kawhi Leonard, I think he would be the closest thing to him in this draft. And honestly, he's falling in a much similar spot. Uh, again, wasn't an offensive talent at school, but he could develop those things. Uh, we already talked about Shia Gilgis Alexander. Uh, Colin Sexton, who is another higher pick, does uh, a lot seem like Patrick Beverly with some offensive game. Then we have El Okubo, uh, seen a lot like Dennis Schroeder from Atlanta. Mitchell Robinson is seen a lot like an athletic center, also known as Hassan Whiteside. Uh, and then I've got Miles Bridges, Anthony Simmons, Chandler Hutchinson, uh, Jalen Brunson, Robert Williams, Melvin Frazier, Gary Trent Jr., Monty Spellman, uh, Dante DeFincino, Jacob Evans, Kevin Hunter, Troy Brown, uh, Morris Wagner, Kate Diop, and some other notable mentions are Jerome Robinson, Aaron Holiday, and Kyrie Thomas. Uh, all three of those have been trending up over the past 24 hours on draft boards. And then uh, Design Musa, the other European player, he's been trending way down. And then Grayson Allen of Duke fame and Duke notoriety for his tripping plays and my time at North Carolina State, hating that guy so many times. And luckily, I'm hoping he will not be in the first round in the draft. So now, let's get into my picks for uh, the top 30 for the first round, and then a couple other spot players where they could go. Two question marks in this draft for me is uh, Leangelo Ball, so the, the younger Ball. No one knows if he's even going to get drafted. Not, a lot of teams aren't too high on him, especially with the LeVar Ball attitude. And then also Isaac Haas from, from a college play. Seems like a pretty good center with no real offensive game. But there's a lot of players like that in the league right now. So I think he could be a second rounder. But anyways, let's just hop right into it. Over so with the number one pick... My unanimous number one pick for Phoenix is, of course, Aiton. Puma Aiton, number one unanimous pick across multiple draft sites right now. Number two pick, which is almost certain right now, is Marvin Bagley for Sacramento. I'm not a huge fan of Bagley, as you can probably tell by now, but I think it does fit their team pretty well. They don't have... They kind of, sort of have this logjam at forward spot, but... You know, they have, like, you know, Zebo on his, like, last two years in the league and Vince Carter on his last couple of years in the league. So I think they're just looking to sort of rejuvenate that talent, get, get some more fast forwards and, and tall guys to run with uh, 
to run with uh what's his name Darren fox so not, not awful and atlanta has sort of this weird pick i've seen where they can go luca or they can go trey young and that's the highest i've seen trey young on any board is three i feel like if i'm atlanta i'm gonna play it safe and go luca i already have dennis schroeder i've the last couple of years i've drafted a small forward a power forward and a center so i think i want to you know that another guard spot there maybe to offload kent Bazemore to somebody this summer and you say you could do the same thing with trey young but again i'm not sold on taking a gamble at number three and in memphis i also have a similar problem with so again they could take you know luca or whoever if they drop past three which is a reasonable possibility however memphis kind of needs a, a a very starter worthy forward they have you know mike conley marcus Gasol. both of those could change and then sort of their middle positions are very much fluid right now and so they could gamble with Michael Porter Jr., which I have seen across some boards. Or they could play it safe with Jaron, Jaron Jackson. And I, I like either of these picks, to be honest. Um, I think you might be able to get away with Porter Jr.'s gamble, but I, you know, there's a bunch of medicals there that we, as the sports community, will never know. It's going to be a behind closed doors type thing for a couple of years. Then Dallas, they're going to take whoever falls between those those few. So probably Jaron Jackson or Luka. Um, potentially Bamba, I've seen as well. However, at number six, Orlando is probably 100% going to take Bamba. That's been across you know, the four or five draft boards I've looked at. He's pretty much right there, and he's kind of what they want. They want an athletic center to go with you know, their Aaron Gordon, uh, a couple other their athletic guards they have uh the uh croatian post-up center but he's a little bit too slow for them also they fired their coach so i don't know what the heck they're trying to do anymore seven seven i've seen as a pretty reasonable spot for um porter jr trey young uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Kevin Knox, Michael Bridges. There's really a lot of picks they can do here. And a lot of it comes from, you know, they have Zach Levine, who's come back from an injury and is still seems to be pretty good. They have the other guard I can't remember the name of off the top of my head right now. They're really looking for somebody to pair with Larry Markinen. Uh They need an interior presence which i think is where wendell carter comes in because then they can play four out and have wendell uh grab the boards so then eight i've seen whoever falls at this spot uh so carter jr or trey young uh trey is sort of the where you might use him to as an asset for lebron type deal carter jr is probably the longevity right pick I feel like he's best available talent right here. And I feel like he's, no matter what happens, he's your best safe pick going forward. And then number nine is where I've seen the lowest for Trey Young and Porter Jr. But I've also seen Lonnie Walker at this spot. And I think 
the idea here is New York pretty much has to hit a home run because they kind of whiffed last year with Nidalekina. I really wanted them to take DSJ last year, but I know he wasn't... Uh, I don't think he wanted to be there. And let's be honest, the James Dolan and the Knicks are just a dumpster fire. They should just hire me instead. Um, Lonnie Walker, again, wing, wing type player, maybe pair with Tim Hardaway Jr., who they're severely overpaying. Carter Jr., uh, kind of need a center. They, they have sort of Porzingis and Cantor. Cantor's family is going through some real crazy stuff going on in Turkey right now. And Porter Jr., they they have Beasley as like their best small forward. And that, of course, needs to change. Philly, again, a pick that could change. Uh, Kevin Knox or Bridges again. They're looking for a 3 and D wing player uh, or like a 3 and D uh, power forward type spot. Charlotte uh, at 11. I'm pretty much 100% co uh, confident they're going to take Colin Sexton from what I've seen across boards. I've seen Sexton go as high as 7 to Chicago, but I kind of doubt that. Um, they they kind of need a guard for in case Kemba leaves, and they kind of need... They've had bad luck with their previous couple guards, so Michael Carter-Williams and um, I think like Briante Weber. They're looking for someone a little more... Uh, consistent and they can invest into long term and then 12 and 13 is this word clippers picks um i could see gilgis alexander here i could see walker i could see jerry smith i could see bridges again they have double picks so they can do a lot of weird things with these i like uh gilgis alexander and jerry smith the most uh, get a nice defensive wing and get a well-rounded guard in there sort of start the rebuild denver will then take jer if he's still around again jer is a is a very weird pick because he's a defensive-minded guy in college and it always takes a, a year for that defense to sort of catch up and then the physicals to catch up and then you get exploited like tony allen does so uh, he can go anywhere from like 12 to like 20. There's these weird brackets like that for some of these guys. So yeah, Denver, Jair, Robert Williams, and then Washington will of course 100% take Robert Williams if he has not been taken. And Phoenix has also has the 16th pick, which I've seen rumors about moving, and that's going to be Lonnie Walker to pair with their all-star wing player and Jair to also pair with their all-star wing player. And now Milwaukee here, Milwaukee's got 17, and that's a weird pick because Milwaukee kind of needs some offense off the bench, a younger guard because Jason, or yeah, Jason Terry is probably going to retire soon, that sort of six-man scoring punch. So a lot of people are seeing Aaron Holiday here after the recent trend-ups. However, just a week ago, Aaron Holiday was also 31 pick to Phoenix. So, again, I'd expect some volatility there. And potentially, that um, pick could also get shipped for a player. Then 18 with San Antonio. I think this is like their only pick. Um, I think an L. Okobo or Robinson. They kind of want a point guard to replace Tony Parker. 
And Okubo is just that. Also, he's got a foreign name, so he fits right in with their style. And then Atlanta would take Okubo or Brunson as sort of the next best point guard. And Minnesota, uh, they can take Diop or Hutchison. I think Diop's probably the pick here because uh, they need a 3 and D for when Wiggins leaves in the offseason. Or, you know, maybe uh, Jimmy Butler leaves next year. It's get some more investment going on there. Then uh, 21 to Utah, Kevin Horter. I, I don't know that guy, but I trust the Utah to pick the right player. Then 22 at Chicago, they'll take Hutchison or Diop, whichever one falls. Uh, 23, Indiana. Um, they'll take Okobo, Robinson, or even Dante. Um, against picks who stood this late, kind of go all over the place. Um, then 24, we've got Kyrie and Anfernee coming up. Uh, again, they need a 3 and D small forward. <coughs> Kawhi, but... Uh, 25 at the Lakers spot, probably Mitchell Robinson. 26 at the Philadelphia spot. Trent Jr. And, or Kyrie is a possibility. Again, a three-point shooter to put around Ben Simmons. Uh, 27 of Boston. This is the highest I've seen Grayson Allen, and I think this is a very much a Boston-y type player but i don't think it's a bostony type pick i think they go with jacob evans instead as uh the past like four years they've drafted like taller uh athletic you know two three four or like two three guard players and why not take another one especially if you're gonna lose jalen brown most likely he's gonna get traded out here soon or even you know marcus smart and then Golden State will take either Jacob Evans or Trent Jr., again, for similar reasons. Uh, and then 29th pick to poor old Brooklyn. This feels awful. But they'll take Dante, Brunson, or Omari. Uh, you know, I've got no idea what Brooklyn's trying to do. And now that Jay-Z is doing Puma stuff, I don't know how much he's got input in that. Then Atlanta also has the 30th pick, and they'll take Grayson Allen, Evans, or Frazier at this pick. And that's right about the ballpark for Grayson Allen. He's been like the latest first rounder or an early second rounder at best. And this is an interesting point of contention because he is one of the few that has played uh, very many years at Duke. And of course, he's had some bad publicity with the tripping recently. Hasn't been the clutchest player. Uh, has some sort of mindset and chemistry issues um, however he's older as well which is a good thing and a bad thing yeah you know when we think of older people that have been drafted recently haven't really panned out you've got think about like doug mcdermott a guy that was a leading scorer of his team played all four years coached under his dad um and he has just not panned out anywhere. Kind of touted as this uh, almost Kyle Korver-like, but can actually get some of his own offense, and he just never really panned out because his play style didn't change, his body type didn't change. And maybe you can argue being on OKC didn't help you out too much, but 
I just I don't see Grayson Allen being an amazing player in the NBA. I could see him being like potential sixth or seventh man on a team, but I'm not seeing it. And then you hop into the second round real fast. Again, I mentioned the 31 of Phoenix pick could be Aaron Holiday. Uh, a cool 34th pick to Atlanta could be Raleigh Hawkins. When I mentioned Anthony earlier on, he can go as low as 35. And then Frazier can go as low as 36. And then Design can go as low as 40, which is insane to me. Uh, another interesting part of this is Giannis Antetokounmpo's younger brother is in the draft, Costas, and he's only projected to be in the late 40s, early 50s. So I have him right now at like, I had going to OKC at like 53, which is insane to me. We know that his brother's amazing. We know that he's also this Greek freak essentially and has a little bit more polished offensive game than his brother. And he's just not going anywhere. And then for my last pick in the entire draft, 60 to Philly yet again is Malik Newman. So a couple interesting things about the whole shebang is Philly has a ton of picks. I was just really surprised. And Brooklyn just has, Brooklyn and Houston have like no picks at all. I and mean, Houston traded most of them for Chris Paul, but it's like, holy smokes. And even Detroit got rid of some for Blake. So, you know, the Clippers can do a lot of interesting things and Sounds like DeAndre wants out, which I don't blame him for. It's kind of like the, the ship is sailing and he's the last guy on the bus and he just wants to go home type deal. Now where home is for him, I've got no idea. Of course, we had the Dallas snafu a couple years ago. But uh, I think he wants to win a title somewhere. Fortunately, being sort of this rebounding defensive big and then being a liability on offense and a liability at end of games for free throws really hurting him a lot and and there isn't not like people want to give up a whole lot right now for a center like that you know everybody's gonna he's probably gonna get lost in the in the trade mix with lebron and Kawhi and paul george and everything else that can happen He's probably just gonna. People are just gonna forget he's there, honestly. And uh, that is that was a very very quick run through of my raft where I put people. I know it wasn't a certainty of picks at all of the positions. I gave a few of those. I gave a. Decent overview of who the players were, at least the the top ten or so. And again, you know, all the hype's gonna go on the first six or seven picks. But let's be honest here. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, mid first rounder. You know, Draymond Green. You know, where was he drafted? It four. He was a late second rounder. You know, great players can come out anywhere. It's a it's a matter of you know their work ethic, who, what vets help them out, what, you know, they're in an awful organization or a great organization or their team chemistry. I mean, look at even Golden State, like Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney, like 
you know, Bulls got cash considerations for those, and those players look like they're amazing right now. You got players like, you know, Markel Fultz that are just so far as a bust, and you passed up on Jason Tatum, who has seemed like is going to be, you know, a consistent offensive talent here for the next 15 years. But really anything could happen. And a lot of picks are up in the air considering how many players are willing to move to be better with Golden State or move to maybe try and win a championship for a team that hasn't won in a long time or move because they're upset at the San Antonio crew. So, again, a ton of things can happen. Also, New Orleans only has one pick in the draft, so that kind of hurts them a bit. I think Kawhi to New Orleans could be fun, though. I'm not sure how they get an equal trade for that, but I like that magical lineup of Rondo, Holiday, Kawhi, Davis, Cousins. That seems like something that can take on the Warriors. Well, anyways, folks, I know this is a little bit of a shorter one, um, but I figured I would just touch base with you all real quick. Um, and I know I've... Uh, been bad at getting the video podcasts out recently and that's just due to the fact that there isn't really a huge demand for them so if you'd like to see the video podcast back uh let me know in the comments or an email i'll try and get back to you uh, also i'd like to say a big thanks to our viewer of the fortnite again our viewer tonight is aurelio Bellotti. He is not only the greatest Charlotte fan, but the greatest fan of Burn the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask some of the hard questions about the NBA, sometimes not so hard questions about the NBA. We would like to also shout out one of our sponsors, uh, Kroger. So Kroger is, of course, a franchise grocery store in the United States. And they have anything that you might need fill your stomach or put in your kitchen. They have fresh produce, fresh meats, fresh, uh, they even have uh, cosmetics, dog food, medications, um, a wider range of flowers, uh, you know, all sorts of things you might need. Maybe you need to get, you know, uh, razors because you aren't subscribed to Dollar Shave Club, or maybe you need to get uh, some bleach because you aren't subscribed to, you know, Threadbeast and can afford new clothes every couple of weeks. Or maybe you just do your weekly grocery store run and buy your food for the week and pack every day like I do. A couple other things um, I'd like to quickly gloss over, and that is... Uh, I am on the hunt for a new job right now, mostly due to a sort of, I'm a little bit disillusioned with what I'm doing right now. I'm seeing a lot of problems in upper management that get kind of, you know, that of course trickle down to me and it, it's, I, you know, I hate being the new guy and, saying oh I see all these problems that you guys need to fix and it's your problem and not my problem but it's just multiple times 
you know, I'm, I'm seeing weird stuff going on. Additionally, we've had just a ton of turnover, kind of, kind of like my direct bosses, and then my bosses' bosses are either moving positions or going to different places. And my company in my immediate reach also had a lot of continuity issues. I mean, it's weird to say I'm one of the people that's been there the longest, and I've only been there for about nine months now. And that's really problematic when you're trying to do an error-free process. I'm looking at places. I've I've done some uh, some of the big big places. Uh, as you know, I'm an aerospace engineer by by education. So that's kind of what I'm looking into. Do you guys have any suggestions or contacts? Please let me know because my uh, lease and and whatnot is coming up in the coming in about a month or two so i'm i'm starting to look now well not starting to look now i've been looking for a little while but i'm really ramping up effort to see what's out there or what else i can get where else i might potentially go to and there's some new places it's it's you know one of the craziest things that i've you know i've been starting to get a few interviews here and there and the sort of the question pool they ask you have now having had a full-time industry job it's a very different question pool I have to I need to recalibrate myself to that I was very used to talking about school projects and you know classes I've learned and you know one-off experiences I've done but you know those things I was a little more passionate about not super passionate about my job right now it makes it a little bit hard to talk about things I do and things I've done especially when you know I don't consider them interesting or they're very menial tasks or it's like a oh a thing I did once eight months ago but I've forgotten it since so we're we're looking we're looking around we're we're gonna have a good time doing it. Uh, I send out a new wave of things about every every other week. I get an off day. I'll just crank out a couple apps in the morning. You know, get myself a nice cup of hot coffee or tea or maybe some juice. I'll make myself a nice breakfast. Uh, get some you know get some news or some. Uh, talk show or something going on in the background and just hammer out 10 or 12 applications Been kind of revamping my cover letters now too because a lot of those were designed for school and kind of debating whether or not I made the right decision nine months ago I mean, my bank account feels a lot better but I'm not sure if I feel like I'm doing the right thing I really am enjoying my hobbies a lot more now I think that's just because I'm sitting at work all day and it's like you know you enjoy what you don't have as much of you know, like 
you don't realize what you have until you don't have it anymore or you know you don't you don't realize how much you like love your folks until you're gone from them for you know years at a time or you know you don't realize you know i don't even know what i'm trying to say i, th I think you, you get what i'm trying to say you you listeners out there you, you'll you'll sympathize with me well, and a couple of the other things is uh, having all sorts of knee problems recently. I don't know what's going on, but it's like every time I incline my knee to like more than 30 degrees with weight on it, it just pops. It's not like a loud pop, but it's like a very meticulous pop on the inside. And it went away for a while. You know, this problem started like uh, probably two months ago. Went away for a while. And it came back figure out what the heck is causing it i really don't want to because exercise is like my one thing sort of kind of keeping my my body sane from sitting at a desk for nine ten hours a day and that's one thing i've been more excited about this year is i've really sort of taken a, a ownership of exercising and done a little more personal development you know i've branched out into other hobbies uh, you know including this tried doing some writing for a little bit realized it wasn't for me um tried doing some music here and there and that's very fun it's a works a different side of your brain from doing work all day or exercising very frustrating though there's not I have to, I've been changing the way I've been doing things. I've been going to the gym pretty much every day. I don't do super heavy weights, but I do enough to feel it that night. But I have to be like functional the next day. I can't do these workout every other day type routines. I got to work out every day. I just can't, I can barely sit freaking nine hours at work all day. But we'll see. I kind of, I really want to use the piano more, but I just can't find the hours, man. You know, I leave for work at six in the morning. I don't come back until like five. Like, all right, I got to work out, eat dinner, and, you know, get ready for bed at some point. So it leaves me like four functional hours. It's not, it's not enjoyable to me. I'd rather, I'd rather be my own boss, I think. Because half the time I'm just fucking waiting. I've I've let that known to them that it's like, hey, I could probably do my job in half the time. And I, I think they've noticed that all too late. Kind of past the point where I kind of care as much. Well, anyways, we'll see. We got we got a lot of uh, a lot of time left here. For, for things to shake up. And, um, so later this week, hopefully we'll get Michael back and we'll do another part of our draft coverage. Most likely will be a sort of draft review. And if any trades went down, if any surprising picks came up. And we've got uh, much more of these 
off-season trade ideas going around as well as uh, more investigative historical pieces such as the Harden Westbrook Durant Thunder, more historical playoff series, uh, even finals matchups. You know, much more timeless pieces. I know a lot of what we've been doing recently has been very topical, and uh, a lot of that was merely due to the fact that we started this in the middle of the playoffs. But now, hopefully, once the draft winds down, and we'll get we'll get uh, about a week before the awards show, and we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, we've been over who we think should win which awards, but we'll go over it. See if there's any surprises. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some more drama about trading by then. And I'm sure we'll hear plenty more of that as we move into free agency, like the uh, I think it's two weeks after that. And, and of course, uh, you know, once one domino falls, they'll all start falling. We'll have a wildfire, and then we'll be having a break until summer league, training camp, player interviews, And before you know it, it'll be preseason games and we'll be right back into the regular season again. Enjoying life as a basketball fan. So again, we would like to thank you all for tuning in to another great episode of Heart in the Paint. Sorry, I kind of rambled there at the end. I just wanted to get some things off my mind. Um, you can catch us at SoundCloud, at YouTube using the links provided and in the description below. We love your feedback using our email or the comment section. And uh, let us know that, that you like this stuff. It's it's relatively easy to make, but we want to know that we're making an impact on either the climate or you know, uh, maybe we're coming up with something new. I feel like we're a little bit ahead of the game in terms of we talked about Kawhi before it was popular. We talked about Wiggins before it was it's popular and and variety of things like that. So kind of breaking ground, but we aren't popular enough to actually cause a crack to form. So you know, we'll get there. It's a process and, and no podcast takes fast. So Anyways, uh, thank you all for, for listening, and we will see you all next time.